Iberian Arts Home podcast. My name is Patricia Caicedo, I'm in Barcelona, and today for episode one, we have a wonderful guest, a dear friend, Dr. Lenine Santos. Welcome, Lenine. Hi, thank you, Patricia. How are you doing? Fine, I'm very happy to have you here. And yeah. I have to first introduce you, Dr. Lenine Santos is a professor at the Universidade Federal de Rio de Janeiro. He's a tenor expert in Brazilian art songs. So we are very excited about having you to talk about Brazilian art song, Lenine. Yeah, I'm very honored to be in the open of the Latin American and Iberian uh, song Wednesdays. Yes. Your new project. Uh, and, and our new project. Okay, because, our new project. Because people who have been hearing us, they know that every the first Wednesday of each month, you will be the co-host, a, a guest, every first Wednesday of the month. Okay. Are you prepared for that? Oh my God. I hope I, I have the level to do that. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. <laughs> so let, let's start. Talking okay. people, I mean, when they think in Latin American art song, I I don't know if they are aware of the immensity of this repertoire. And that is a repertoire that covers not only the art song in Spanish, but the huge output of art song in Brazilian Portuguese and also in other indigenous languages. But you are the Brazilian Portuguese expert. so. Tell us, I want you to understand how, how, were, how did you start singing and what was the music that inspired you first or that touched your life first? Oh, well, well you know, um, my approach to Brazil, Brazilian and Latin American art song, uh, or song in general, I think was very similar to yours. Uh, because it happened through popular music. Uh, my mother, and especially my father, always sang at home. And I always listened to Brazilian popular music from a very young age. Uh, also including tangos, boleros, guaranias <laughs> that surround us. Uh, my father loved Libertad Lamarck. Uh, Bienvenido Granda, Gardel, and I listened and sang it all together. So yeah. how old were you when you started singing? Well, I, I started singing when I was a child. My father loved to sing and he, he saw that I was a very, very musical child. Since I was, I don't know, four or five years old, that is a very young age to, to sing, I think. And and he wanted me to sing in, in, in thirds with him. So he, he teached me how to sing in thirds. So the, uh, the family is very musical because everyone musical. was singing. Yeah, even if they had no contact with classical music, but we listened to, to popular music and folk music all the time. And what and was the folk music and popular music you were hearing that surrounded you at the time? I mean. Well, everything, everything. My mother and my father were uh, are from uh, Minas Gerais, 
a state in the central region of Brazil, and they have a very typical uh, folk music that is something like the country, American country, mm -hmm. just for you to, to have an idea. Mm -hmm. But it's very, it's sung in thirds or in more voices. And well, my father ha has been in, in, her, in, in his youth. He was, uh, I, I don't know how to say that. Uh, he, ha he has done the, the program of a radio in the city he lived, oh. and he knew everything. He had a lot of, of long plays and, and compact discs, and well, I, I listened to everything. The, 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 the radio singers of the, the, the golden age of, of radio, I listened so, to and We are talking about, uh, it's not because I want to know your age, but we are talking <laughs> about well, what period? Wow. Well, I was born in 1968. Then, well, I I have listened of listened to the the music of my father, uh, you, and I have listened to my youth music. That was when? all the all the stars, all the all the Brazilian stars of popular music, Caetano Veloso and Chico Buarque. And, Elis Regina, Gal Costa, and Milton Nascimento, all those people, they were my first teachers, my, my first reference. And, well, I don't know, I was always a, a very self-absorbed self -absorbed child, and I was very fond of reading poetry and reciting poems. <laughs> and it was, was always... beautiful until today. Yeah, I don't know, it was very... Uh, easy for me always to to remember the, 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 the poems. I sometimes I read a poem once and I know it by memory. I don't know. It's very natural for me. And I remember that once I got very low marks in Portuguese <laughs> at school because I missed a lot of classes in order to participate in, in, in uh, uh, rehearsals for a play. So uh, what I did was I, I bet with my teacher that if I could recite the whole poem, O Navio Negreiro, that is a, uh, which is a very long Brazilian epic poem. By whom? <laughs> by Castro Alves. Ah, we have songs a very with by Castro Alves. Yes, a lot of songs with us by him. And um, she, I bet if I could, recite the, the, all the long poems, she would approve me, and, and so I did. And I remember that it was very easy for me to memorize the poem and, and songs and stuff. And one and, thing that you mentioned, you mentioned Catano Veloso and the other singers and writers of his generation, and their songs are pure poetry. Yes, yes, they have a, a very high level of poetry. Uh, even if some of those uh, writers, composers, doesn't consider the, the text, the lyrics as poems, but we can see that is real. High-level poetry. And this yes. is interesting to, to observe because normally from academia or from the art song perspective, 
people only think it, oh, poetry is the poetry of the text of this big, well-known, uh, consolidated, canonized writers who are considered poets, but many singers and writers in the popular and folk music also have texts of very high quality, beautiful poetry, so the same yeah. level. Yes, poems that can be recited or even acted, like as good texts for acting. And it, it varies because um, sometimes the lyric of a popular song only works with that melody. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes the, if you take out the melody, the, the poem doesn't work very well by itself. But generally, when you speak about songs from, uh, by uh, Chico Buarque or Tom Jobim oh, or Edu Lobo or Vinícius de Moraes, of course, that is a, 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 a great poet uh, beside being a, a, a popular artist. Yeah, of course. Well, well that's it. It began with those two passions, yeah, the, the, the passion for music and the passion for uh, poetry and reciting music. Uh, as I, I told you, my family had no experience or knowledge at all with um, classical music. So I remember I sang in choirs at school, usually the repertoire was popular music too, and I have, I, I had an uncle, I have an uncle, yes, I <laughs> Carlos Pascual. Uncle who played the yes, yes, yes. He, he is a, a very good guitar player and, and composer. And I remember singing with him forever. And, and for a while I became... Guitar and accompanied yourself playing the guitar. Yes, yes. He taught me a little how to play the guitar. And so by the age of 13 or 14, I started playing violin in an education project near my home, mm -hmm. which I think was the very first experience learning musical theory. And soon after, I joined the, the music school of Brasilia, Escola de Música de Brasilia. So you were born in the capital city of the country? Yes. Yes, it's the capital city of the country that is the capital, but at the time it was also like a province. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a, it was big and small at the same time, because I, I am first generation of Brasilia. Brasilia was founded in 1960, yeah. and this then uh, the cultural life still was at that time in Rio de Janeiro. Where you are now? We, we had small things happening there, as the Escola de Música de Brasília. And then, well, well you know, uh, the type of music, that, that I think it's, uh, I, I, I told you, I thought it was similar to your experience, because the type of music taught at the music school was the standard repertoire of classical music. And, and the national repertoire was practically inexistent, of course. So it's except of course for, Central European repertoire in, yes, the, in the music. Yes. Except for some, some Villa Lobo, sometimes some 
Carlos Gomes that the orchestra uh, played and uh, I listened to, to here and there but um, well I started to, to, to study piano and soon I managed to start with uh, to sing with a teacher who was a baritone who had recently uh, arrived to Brazil Francisco mm -hmm. Fias he was a, Bra a Brazilian but he lived in Belgium Mm -hmm. for many years, and he, he was a, 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 a passionate about opera. And, <laughs> and you were uh, an operatic tenor, you were thinking Yes, of? yes, yes, because this teacher, he was very seductive also, and he managed to make us, his students, fall in love with that too, you know. And soon it became another great passion of mine too. And you see, for a long time, these three areas, these three uh, passions of mine uh, were in like different things for different occasions. The poetry, the, the singing in Portuguese and the classical singing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see how to put them together. Uh -huh. Except in popular music, as we were saying, because there are these, these lyrics, there are poems, proper poems. And that, uh, that was the reason why for a long time, Patricia, I, I thought I would become a popular singer. And Not I always am telling that you should be a popular singer because <laughs> his repertoire is so beautiful. Hopefully one day we have a CD of you singing popular Brazilian yeah. songs. Let's hope for it. Because yeah. it was beautiful. But at that time, you know, I lived in, in, in a very prejudiced environment, you know. How's that? Uh, because usually uh, people who, with people who, who thought that, that those who sang old music or Brazilian modinhas or Brazilian song or contemporary music were people who had no voice to sing the real music. Oh, that okay. but that, that, that prejudice is still exists. I mean, still exists. Course, but, but now it doesn't affect me as it affected before. <laughs> because you already proved yourself and the others that you really have the voice. Yes, also, yeah, yeah. I think well, this, I also, it happened to me in a way because I probably it was not the external world who said that to me, but myself that I, I, I wanted to prove myself and the world that I can sing. And then just a few weeks ago, I started, I launched a, a, a song of just folk music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, after 50. <laughs> well, but, well, but, but I, I, I really, I spread this. No, I don't think I had, I have incorporated that because uh, I love too much Brazilian song, Brazilian popular music, and it sounded really odd to me, really odd when people say those things. Yeah. And well, but going on with the, my 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 revelation with Brazilian song. <laughs> Uh, well, when I was 20, I left Brazil and went to Campinas. 
a city near Sao Paulo that you know very well, we have sung there together. Uh, to the university to study with a great opera diva called Nisa okay. de Castro Tank. Nisa de Castro Tank. Okay, Nisa. Uh, and there at the university, I started to, to have a lot of more information about all kinds of music. Uh, that, that university was one of the first to have Unicamp, University of Campinas, was one, one of the first to have popular music in its program content. Oh, so yeah. they were already very advanced. Yes. And I met and listened to, to people singing Brazilian songs very well there. And so I met. So, we are talking about when you are saying Brazilian songs just for the people who are listening and watching us, you are referring to popular songs. Art song. Popular song, of course, also, but I, there I have seen more people singing art songs. Art. So that's a good specification for our yeah. listeners now. So yeah, that specification is, is very yes, is very important when we are speaking in English because in Brazil we don't call that art song. Uh, that in Portuguese it will be We use a lot of definitions, but uh, I don't like very much any of them of those specific uh, yeah labels. But, because, but it's good for, I mean, we still, when we are talking, I don't like those labels neither. Mm. But it's, I mean, art song or canção de camera or de concerto, também vocês dizem? Yes, yes, canção de concerto. Canção de concerto, em espanhol, canção de camera, canção lírica, canção de concerto. So this aqui, is aqui, sim, aqui. Here we use, we use canção de câmera, canção de concerto, canção clássica, canção artística, but I think all those labels are very failed ones. Mm -hmm. They don't, they have a lot of ideology on them. Of course, they have construction yeah. from the up, down. Yes, and specifically, art, specifically in Brazil, art song, and I think also in, in at the United States, but and in England, but uh, well, I don't know. In Germany, so, it's lit. Yes, but yeah. I don't know very much how does it work at at that languages. But in Portuguese, when you say canção artística, that would be the art song. Mm -hmm. My God, it's it's horrible because it means that you think that uh, a song by Nepomuceno with lyrics by Castro Alves is higher level in art than Chico Buarque. No, that's and exactly the same in all languages, because that distinction, yeah. this is this construction to classify as art, the yeah. one produced or influenced by European elites and yeah. models, aesthetic models. So in all languages, it's the same. Art song, in contrast with folk song or popular song that is all or cruise yeah. lead <laughs> is kind of the same thing so we yeah. we are both advocates of the the construction of these concepts and just talk about songs so for people who are hearing us yeah and this this thing is more clear uh, more evident in countries that have the power of popular music that has brazil and United States, 
Because if you are speaking about Germany, what does really uh, exist of popular music there? Of uh, uh, a popular music in, as industry, as impacting cultural, social issues at the society? So there, there, there is not, popular music also industry, but not as globalized as the yes. Syrian one. Yes. But then when you say when you say lead Kunst lead, I don't know. They are not. Uh, there's not so. It's not so powerful the contrast. I think. Hmm, well, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Very interesting. But anyway, it's a good discussion for people to hear Yes. They, for example, when they hear, oh, let's, they will talk about Brazilian song, they immediately, people from outside of the world, they uh, identify or they have this prejudice, preconception or the stereotype that, oh, in Brazil, they only produce popular songs. So let's hear yes. samba, bossa nova, and da da da. But yeah. and that's, we are not, we're not speaking about the, the people the common people that, that are not musicians. We are speaking about musicians. Musicians, I mean musicians yes. have that preconception. So what we are telling musicians today is that yes, in Brazil there is a huge, very rich popular music scene, but it's a huge, very rich and very old history of quotations, art, music. Yes. Song. Yes, of classical music in general. Yeah, and there, there in in in, okay. in Unicamp, yeah, at the university, I had the first contact with this very large production, because they had uh, they had programs in association with other universities, with singers that came from those universities to present in in concerts with those material. Wow! So then I were focusing in Brazilian art. Yeah. Not only, but there was a lot of art song, Brazilian art song. And, well, I don't know, there I have met Almeida Prado. The composer. That was a teacher at the university. One of the most incredible Brazilian composers who, who is like, for me, a contemporary Villa Lobos. Mm -hmm. um, and I sang his songs. And, I, and there I formed a duo with a pianist with whom we practically only play Brazilian song. That's Marcelo Pimenta, you, ah, know, Marcelo. you know him. Yes, he now is living in New York with his wife and, and, and kids. And but now, the, the, what we're seeing in this story is that you, little by little, you are going towards the Brazilian art song yeah. interpretation. Yeah. And you know, I, I was not known at that time well as a Brazilian song interpreter, but I began to have some, some, how to say that, how some, some answer from the public, from, from the people that, I, that listened to me that I was able to do that very well. And I think it was because my background as, as a, a popular singer. Of I don't know. Also yeah, because and the relationship with poetry and all this stuff. Yeah, I remember Marcelo Pimenta, this pianist that I formed a duo with him. He saw me singing in a concert for the first time. I was singing the 
Lundu da Marquesa de Santos. Minha By Vila Lobos. Yes. Well, a Brazilian art song uh, standard. And he was with her girlfriend at the time, Josane. And Josane told me that when he listened to me, he's, he told her, I want to play with this guy. I want to, to make music with this guy. With this guy. And he, he proposed to me to, to, do, to form the duo. And we began to investigate about repertoire and everything. And we have asked Almeida Prado for scores for the duo. Mm -hmm. And then began all the, the thing. We have, uh, we have played through the state of Sao Paulo for years for all the state of Sao Paulo. So we're including this Brazilian art song concert. Yes, and then we got, we got to know the composers. We got more and more scores from them. And uh, the investigation... Like who? So at, at that time, who, which composer did you start singing? Uh, apart from Almeida Prado? Achille Pique, oh. uh, Osvaldo Lacerda, Camargo Guarnieri, Oh, Camargo. I, I didn't know uh, Camargo Guarnieri in person, but I've known his uh, wife. Wow, wow. And yes, and I got a lot of, of uh, indication of repertoire from her and everything. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, so uh, now I will jump. So you made a first recording of Brazilian art song. What was this recording and with whom you made it? Ah, okay, my first recording. That's because when I finished uh, university, I moved to São José dos Campos. That is another city near São Paulo, but in the way between São Paulo and Rio de Janeiro. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I went there to work with a choir and to give classes, classes, and, and there I met Nancy Bueno. Nice. That is a, yeah. a, a wonderful pianist uh, who, at the time, she was preparing the, the, the choir. It's, it was the, 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 the coach. Oh, yes. Uh, then, well, me and Nancy, we, we participated in a, in a singing concert, in a singing contest, uh, a competition. Mm -hmm. And uh, we won a prize. <laughs> oh, wow. And then we have decided to form a duo again. My, my, my career is marked of, uh, for uh, uh, duos or for with association with people. Yeah. And uh, we were both in love with Brazilian music, with Brazilian song, and, and this was practically the, the whole repertoire of our concerts. Uh, then, then we played through the, all Brazil, we, we, we traveled singing, and, and when you know, when, whenever we gave a concert, people come to us, uh, would come to us at, 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 the, at the end of the concert and ask, where do I buy those songs to listen to? Of course, I understand yeah. because I follow you <laughs> every time I hear you singing. But, uh, well, at, then in, in 1997, Nancy and I have decided to, to record a CD. The CD the, the, that was my first CD that was called 20 Com uh, Vinte Compositores Brasileiros, 20 Brazilian Composers. 
with music uh, and what did, what in the repertoire did you include in the CD? Oh my God, there were 20 composers from the from the from Carlos Gomez. So yes, 19th century. 19th century to Almeida Prado. That so, was contemporary, contemporary music. Guy. Yes. Then Carlos Gomes, Alberto Nepomuceno, Francisco Braga, uh, Chiquinha Gonzaga, uh, Francisco Mione, Vila Lobos, uh, Camargo Guarnieri, Oswaldo Lacerda, Kiusa Sete, Vilani Cortes. Uh, 20 composers. Wow. I don't think they are every, every, was everybody. was a big overview of the Brazilian art song. Yeah, yeah. So and now it was, it was an anthology uh, because we wanted to show uh, how diverse Brazilian song was. And As that, the country is. Yes, and that it was not made only by Villa Lobos and Carlos Gomes. Because everybody that doesn't know very well Brazilian song concert song, when, when they decide to speak about Brazilian song, they are speaking about Fila Lobos and Carlos Gomes and perhaps Alberto Nepomuceno. And perhaps Fila Lobos, Carlos Gomes and Alberto Nepomuceno. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and well, and then, then in, in 1999, I moved to Sao Paulo and I, I already had plans when I moved there to, to, to do my master's and my doctor's degree in music. But I needed some time to prepare myself. And then, and, and then I, I've, I have spent two years singing in the choir in Sao Paulo Symphony Orchestra, mm -hmm. uh, which was wonderful. It was a, a wonderful experience for me because I got to know deeply the, 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 the symphonic repertoire, the choral repertoire. Mm -hmm. and, and during that time, I, I was still doing a lot of work in opera, in oratory, in concerts, but uh, mainly I was dedicated to, to Brazilian song in my concerts with Marcelo Pimenta, pianist, with Nancy Bueno, pianist, with Achille Pique, pianist, and how was the reception uh, of this music by the audiences? I mean, audience? always wonderful. By the audience, always wonderful. The, the prejudice I feel, felt sometimes were uh, from the producers or from the musicians. Or that was very odd. No, it's something very strange to think but that I the musicians sometimes are more more problematic with this repertoire, with his own repertoire, than the public in general. Uh, because when you, when you sing in Portuguese, you are singing right to the heart of the people. Because you are, you are singing in their own language. Yes, in their own language, with their own, own tools, yes. The rhythm, uh, speaking about rhythm and melody and but it's something that they they understand very well. You don't need to explain anything. The music explains itself. Yeah. The, the, the art explains itself. Uh, then the, the reception was excellent, always, always. 
And I, I had, during all that time, uh, a studio in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That uh, with, it, it had always many students. And I was oh, able... Oh, sorry. I was able to test something else that uh, the, the, the Brazilian song uh, could use, the, 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 could be used by the, the, the teacher to teach vocal technique very well. That was something that in Brazil was, was rare. And yeah, it's, because it's, it's, they were teaching technique with Italian yes, always and like always with the European languages, European. mainly Italian. Italian, yeah. Okay. So like, and, like, I think the singers who are watching this, they must relate with it because although they were are living in the US and speak English, they learn to sing in with the Italian Ariantique by Parisotti and yes. the, uh, etc. etc. Yes. And, and it works. We have generations of singers that were formed with this repertoire. No problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that singing in the motherland, mother tongue, is much simpler for the beginner. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, well, it's, we, don't need, we almost don't need to explain yet. Because it avoids several problems that, that generally delay the, the, the singer development. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So you start then, then and the results and the results with this using this repertoire in my studio were, were amazing, were surprising. Not only uh, was the, the, the technique properly uh, learned more easily and more pleasurable, but at the same time, the singer, uh, uh, I don't know how to say that, uh, acquired a greater awareness of the artistic value of the repertoire. Of course, so you were doing three things at the same time, advanced. Yeah. Great. So that's <laughs> we started with this mission, with yeah. the mission. And, and then I, I understood that this, well, in my master's degree, I began to have this consciousness that this journey had begun there in my childhood when I began to sing popular music and folk music with my father. That was the same thing. It was not something different. Exactly. Uh, so your master's, your, your dissertation, was about my masters was about um, I I took a, a, a song cycle by by Almeida Prado mm -hmm. that is called O Jardim Final the Final Garden uh, Almeida Prado is a very eclectic uh, composer in terms of uh, compositional techniques and in this song cycle that has twenty songs he composed with dodecaphonism, atonalism, uh, uh, minimalism, tonalism, everything, serialism, every... So he explores every, all the techniques and languages. Yes, you can find there. And then I presented that song cycle lots of times with a pianist 
that was uh, an expert in Almeida Prado. He loved Almeida Prado. And people, my friends, my singer friends, uh, used to come to me after the concerts asking, how do you approach this repertoire? Because sometimes it was something very completely, or, or it seemed to be, completely without reference, tonal reference. Very contemporary. And Yes, very contemporary. And people were, were scared that I could sing and memorize those things. And for me, it was not that difficult. Then I decided to do this, this song cycle and use it to uh, show people how to approach this repertoire. Where are the references? Yeah. Then I have analyzed the, 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 the song cycle, the, the, the compositional techniques, the references. Uh, poetically speaking, because I think it, the, thing, the thing is so related, yeah, uh, mostly with a, a composer so bright, so sensible as Almeida Prado, the word leads him to the melody, to the... To the, the accents of the music. Yes, everything. Then if you don't understand the, the poetry, the, if, you, if you don't interpret the meaning of the words of the moment of the uh, poetic idea, you don't, you, it's very difficult to memorize or to learn the music. That's, that's a very interesting topic for our, the singer friends who are watching us because poetry is at the center, the word is at the center of song. I mean, it's the the first thing, the most important thing, most important than music, than having yeah. a beautiful voice. Of I course. Mean, we are just honoring the world. It's the first cause I, I, I used to call. It's the first cause. It's, it's the, the thing that moved the, 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 the composer first. The reason of existence of a song. Yeah. I mean, so the poem, and you were mentioning if you capture the meaning of the poem and you have it, you incorporate it and you understand also the rhythm of the, the yeah. accents, the syllabic accents, you have more than half of the interpretation of the music. And you know, I, I remember now that I was years ago watching a masterclass with Jessie Norman and she, she began to work with a singer, a soprano, and after the soprano sang, she began to work and told her, this uh, word you could say more e or more ow, this word you must do to mark. And you, what is the, the, the most important word in this phrase? So let's build this phrase to arrive there, saying this way and so on. And after some minutes, the singer, uh, the singer told Jesse Norman, ah, I begin to understand. You are a text-centered text uh, singer. Of course, all of us and, should be text and, and Jesse Norman answered there, well, is there any other kind? Exactly. <laughs> That's the answer. I mean, we have, I mean, the, the text is everything, and I, I will never end saying this. Uh, also, probably, I mean, a beautiful voice is just an accessory thing. I mean, we are all at the surface of the poem. The word is the mm -hmm. most important thing. Yeah. 
that's so yeah. important to understand and to hear the their languages i mean to hear the spoken language yeah. also if, if we are talking about brazilian art song and the singers who are hearing to us yeah and patricia that, when when you go to the when you exaggerate the thing i think that you are only prepared to deliver the complete meaning of a song if you are able to recite the poem without the music. Mm -hmm. If you can recite the poem as it was a, a play, as if, as if, if it was a, a, a text that you, you must deliver theme. with its own meaning. That's exactly, and also feeling and understanding each word connecting yeah. emotionally with the meaning of each and word. When you do that, when you do that, the, the gesture and the expression, the facial expression and the body, it comes naturally. You don't need to think about it because the, the text leads you and the, and the music also, as, as Carlos have told us, yes. When, do you remember this phrase of her that I love when you are in doubt about what to do on stage? Just listen to the music. Just listen <laughs> to the music. Yes, it's incredible. It's so, so bright. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well. So, but uh, now let me, because I know... Mm, I'll, oh yeah, yeah. We are in a journey. Yeah, we are in a journey. No, but now, now I want to ask you something because I know there was somebody very important in your training and your life who was a a, a big role model, um, Martha Hare. I'm talking, referring to mm -hmm. in your studies and your training for your doctorate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Martha. Uh, how to begin to speak about Marta? I have ma I have met Marta here in Brazil. So Marta I was, was a singer from yes, the US. She was, a, she was a soprano, an American soprano that came to Brazil and lived in Brazil for more than thirty years, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, and she was very important to the Brazilian musical uh, investigation at the university. She was one of the people that helped to create this area of knowledge in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very, a great interpreter of contemporary vocal music. Then she was known in Brazil as for, for decades as the one of the only people that was able to learn properly that repertoire and deliver. She was very skilled in, in learning that difficult music, and all the composers of contemporary music loved Martha Hare. But uh, she was also, also, for the case, the main co uh, singer, the interpreter of the Baquianas Brasileiras. Mm -hmm. She was a soprano, she was friend of all the, the, the cellists uh, in Brazil. And in Brazil, there was, in Rio de Janeiro, here where I am now, there was uh, an encounter of cellists that happened every year, and every year Marta Hare used to come to Rio at the final concert and sing Bachianas Brasileiras. Oh, que bonito! Yes, and I've, I have met uh, Marta Hare in Brasilia. I was a child. I was singing in the, 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 the child's choir of the 
Escola de Música de Brasília, Music, Brazilian Music School, and she was the, the great soprano, the, the famous soprano that came to sing at the opera, at the, the, the oratorio and etc. But I began uh, to have a, a, a light contact with her, and perhaps she was the first person, the first artist that I saw on stage singing song as uh, uh, the, the word is missing. The there is a word for this kind of artist that, that is mainly a, 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 songs, a song singer. Songstress. Songstress. Yes, maybe. Uh, but I saw, I, I, I remember as if it was today. Uh, I saw her in a concert with Achille Bicchi at Thomas Jefferson School of English in Brasilia. And she sang all the standards of the art song in America, American art song. US art song. And it was so, so perfect. So, I, I can't explain. She was an artist so well finished, so well, she delivered so incredibly well in giving the value of each song it had. It's, it was incredible, and I thought, my God, so it's possible. It's possible to be this kind of artist. And there, I think I began to, to understand that I'd like to do something like that. Related with wisdom. Brazilian repertoire. Yeah, with Brazilian repertoire. But it was not clear for me. It, it only would be clear for me afterwards, at the university and afterwards. But uh, then when I was already in Sao Paulo and in my master's, my doctor's degree, I knew that the kind of artist that I, I wanted to be is, it was that, uh, that, that artist like, uh, I don't want to compare because it would sound strange, it would sound odd because they, they are so incredible artists like Jose Van Damme or Fischer Disco or Herman Pryor, Jesse Norman we were speaking about, they, they took their repertoire of, of their language and they presented, as Martha Hare has done to me in Thomas Jefferson School of English, mm. with that level, artistic level, so high. Mm -hmm. And that respect for the, the works, for the composers, for the, the text, for everything. And that was what I would like to do. Uh, even if I, I love opera, I love uh, lead and melody and American art song and everything. I love all the repertoires of the world. I love music. Mm -hmm. I, I am in love with Russian song. It's incredible, Italian. Yeah, because song. we have the, the, the sensibility to to appreciate those those yeah. and, and I think it's important that you, of course, it's important that you learn other languages, and and when you learn other languages, you uh, understand better the relationship between the the, the meaning of the words and its sounds. 
Yes, in, in Portuguese we say significados e significantes, né? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say that in, in, in English. Uh, the, the meaning of the word and the sound of the word. Nice. They are connected in different ways, in different languages. And you begin to understand and value it more in your language when you have this knowledge, even if it's superficial knowledge in other languages. Yes, because it allows you to see from outside to, to like an observer your own language and say, oh, this process I have consciously done to learn another language and to connect with the meaning. I don't have to do it with my own language because it comes natural. But now that I know how to do it in another language, I can apply this to my native yeah. language. Yeah. It's important for coming... fingers to learn another languages. Yes. Okay. Very important. Yeah. But coming back to Marta, uh, when I moved to São Paulo, Marta was, of course, then a, a, a reference to me always. Even if I had no classes, no singing classes with, classes with her. But when I finished my master's degree, I went to, I went to, I was in an opera, singing in an opera with Martha Hare. Mm -hmm. And I told about her, about my idea of, of Pursuing. Uh, uh, research, yeah, to, to master's, to, to, to doctor's degree. That was to, Uh, organize this idea of using Brazilian song to teach singing. To so something sing, you have learned technical. and experienced in your own studio. Yeah, and, so now yeah, and, and then she, she told me, wonderful, let's do it, let's start it. And uh, she was a light. And she was the perfect advisor. Because uh, she didn't interfere with my idea. She believed in my idea. She didn't interfere at the concept of the thing. She let me say what I wanted to say, but he teached me uh, how to do that in formal ways. But now yeah, let's go back to another thing, just because for the sake of time, yeah. because we have to. One thing that Marta participated in and collaborated very actively, and you probably too, and other of our friends, is this Congress of the Singing um, Language, Singing um, yes. Language. That was a Congress that was first done at the beginning of the century, led by uh, Mario Jandragi. Mario Jandragi. Mm -hmm. that is, this is unprecedented. They met in 1928, was at the same year of the yeah. Brasileiro, a Congress to discuss how the Portuguese should be sung and to agree among many people. And they, there was a uh -huh. document that came out of that in 19, yes. as early as 28. But Marta and other people in 2005 or six probably, they again made this Congress and she was part of this. Mm -hmm. How to agree how the IPA for the Portuguese Brazilian. Yes, yeah, she was one of the, the most important persons in this encounter. Uh, well, all those, those discussions, all this discussion about how to sing in Portuguese, how to pronounce and diction in Port Brazilian Portuguese and, and everything, uh, came because um, it's a long story, but <laughs> differently from other countries where this uh, 
for example, European countries, where this happened more uh, naturally. In Brazil, we have colonial uh, roots. Mm -hmm. And the classical music, uh, the concert music, were uh, generally done for the, el the elite, elite of the of the country. And this elite usually doesn't want to uh, be connected to the, 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 the people. The lower classes. And also the, lower class. the, 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 the country is huge and very, very diverse culturally. Yes. Diverse. And, and in Brazil, it was very clear that the, this elite uh, wanted to be related to Europe or nowadays with United States. Uh, but uh, then the Brazil, the, the Portuguese was not, co was considered a, an improper language to sing mm -hmm. in concert, uh, in, in serious concert rooms. That concert was part halls. of the acculturation and the... Yes. And, and so it began Years it, it took years to have the emancipation of the, the, the tongue itself to be allowed to sing in, in those places, in those high places. And when Portuguese was accepted, it was the European Portuguese that was accepted. It was a, a Portuguese that was completely different than the Portuguese was spoken in, on the streets. In the streets. Yes. Then uh, in the Semana de Arte Moderna, the, the, the modern art week that happened in 1932. Then uh, those people that were thinking about art and, and song and music and that they were uh, worried about create a very genuine Brazilian way of doing this art, they were worried about uh, worried at that time about uh, this difference, about this incongruence that you speak a way I'm speaking with you in some in way, a, in when, and way. when I begin to sing, I change it completely. So, uh, in fact, the, the, the search was for the, how is a, the own identity, how yeah. looking for a way in which I sing that reflects who really I am as a country. Exactly, exactly. But there are a difference, a, a, a main difference between the first encounter in 1930 and this one in 2006. It's that this, this one in 2006 was more, was more worried about to create a standard pronunciation yeah, to show the, the, the foreigners how to sing in Brazilian Portuguese. So we will talk, don't worry Lenine, that we will have an entire program to talk about Brazilian <laughs> Portuguese, yeah. Portuguese uh -huh. diction. So now we have a, not many minutes now, mm -hmm. but 
I want to, I, so you made your super very nice, interesting, useful doctoral dissertation use, uh, using songs that could be used for training. Yes, I collected in, in this, in, in my doctor's degree, I, my dissertation, the main, the, the, the main part of the, the, the principal part of the, uh, the most important part of the dissertation was an anthology with 40 Brazilian songs, 40 Brazilian songs that uh, was written from the 18th century until the 21st century. Mm -hmm. They were organized in, in, in order of technical difficulties, just, uh, just like in a, in a uh, singing method. Yes, like in, in Parisoci. No, in, in Vakai's method. Vakai. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, point, I, I pointed out at the dissertation how each song could be used in the singing class to develop the student possibilities wow. and, and to solve technical problems. And so something practical, going from yes. the actual thing to some, doing yeah. something practical. And that's because also because I had have, I have my colleagues uh, uh, singing teachers and I have heard from them lots of times that Brazilian is not a language, Portuguese is not a language to teach singing. It's impossible. All these prejudices and preconceptions. Too many, too many nasal sounds. It's mm. not really articulated. So they create a lot of motives to not use the. But I knew that they didn't use it because they have, they don't, they haven't had this repertoire in, in his formations, in their formations. And they didn't know the repertoire. How do you use a repertoire that you don't know? And this is exactly what is happening now with the teachers around the world for teaching the Latin American and yes. repertoire and that's why we are doing this podcast because they don't <laughs> teach this repertoire because they don't know it so we want to fill that void and giving them the tools yeah. and now that we are almost about to finish but you have so many things to say and that's but, why but, but, well, but, but, let me, but let me only know. Only to finish, no, only to finish no, about No, I will not finish now, let me say okay, okay. that I will promise people who are watching us that next time when you are here, next <laughs> Wednesday, we will devote the whole conversation, if you agree, to, to diction, language, and Brazilian... Uh, Wonderful, Brazilian no problem. Diction, language, and all these things, because this is mm -hmm. key for they to start... Um, singing and teaching this repertoire. So continue, Dr. Lenin de Santos. No, 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 no. I was only wanting to finish about Marta. Because when you, when, when I was finishing my, master, my doctor's degree, she became ill and she couldn't go to the Barcelona Festival of Song. I, I think much of People that doesn't know how to how did I go to the, the, the yes because the I, uh, festival I, song I don't know that you are yes because Marta couldn't go that year in 2011 yeah so, so you are the faculty the teacher of Brazilian art song at the Barcelona Festival of Song since many years ago so that's how you yeah. are 
Yeah, except for, I don't know, one or two years I couldn't go. Yeah. And, and it was due to Marta. She indicated me, she prepared me, she told her, oh, you are doing this and this and this. And I went there scared of why I have the, possibi- I have the, 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 the responsibility to replace Marta here. <laughs> and it was wonderful. And so I knew you. And, and it was love at first sight. It was love at first sight. Yes, it was. It, ah, was. it continues. I, I remember where we have met in an afternoon after lunch, I think, in Plaza, Plaza España, no, Plaza no. Catalunya. Plaza Catalunya. And you had a concert the, day, the, the next day. Si. And you had to rest, and, but we couldn't stop speaking. <laughs> we, we, we walked all Barcelona the, from, from Plaza Catalunya to your house, and we went to your house, we had a tea, and you, we began to speak about your concert next day. The and problem. you were helping me with some, because I said, oh God, I have the thing. <laughs> since I, was, I would sing a lot of Brazilian songs. So yeah. you helped me to refine my diction. Yeah, it was, it was very funny. And as uh, in Barcelona at the summer, the day never ends. Yes. We, we had light until 11 at night. And when you saw, my God, it's 11. I have a concert tomorrow. <laughs> it was only there that I, I, I came back to the hotel. So this is how uh, this friendship that have lasted. Yeah, it was not a, it was a meeting, yeah, a meeting si. of si. two friends that was friends before. Before and forever, it's true. And I hope <laughs> people who are watching this, they will feel this. It, it's like, ¿cómo se dice en, en, en inglés? Es como una hermandad. It's like a sibling, like somebody, a soulmate. Soulmate. Yeah. Kindred mm-hmm. This is so, and we we are in the same page in what we want to transmit and teach at the Barcelona Festival of Song. So this is beautiful, and with Lenine, we will explore. You now I have just see scratch the surface of Lenine. So I wanted people to meet you and understand your background, etc. But um. As a not only as a friend but as a colleague, uh, I admire Lenine very much. I admire you very much because of your ability to to teach, to explain your passion to do it. And when you are singing, you you sing it so beautiful, so you inspire us all. And you we fall in love with this repertoire because you make it. Uh, more even more beautiful of what it is so I'm you know very that I, I always think this this thing you were describing is kind of a selfish thing also a selfish thing of me because I've learned I've, I've noticed from my childhood that I only knew something very well I only knew something properly if I was able to teach someone If I was able to show someone how incredible it was, and when I noticed that the other people began to do that or to like that or enjoy that, like it was natural. Of, so you have that ability me. to pass 
your passion to the to the students, so the, which is beautiful. But then I think it's something a little bit selfish of mine also, because I I, I teach, I do, I sing, I I I show the thing, wanting people to feel. learn and to feel, but because I think in in a way in a part of that, yeah, uh, because I feel that I. I am more complete. I am more. I know more those Before issues. Learning your, so yeah. for whatever reason it is, <laughs> people who know you and hear you and is your student uh, and you are my Portuguese teacher now. I speak Portuguese because I speak Portuguese with my Dr. Lenine Santos all the time and he corrects me and I love him to correct me and this is something very nice for singers to learn languages by speaking and bueno, but this is another subject but I think that for today we have a beautiful program I'm very very grateful Lenine for this opportunity to share with your story to meet you to talk to you and I only want to remind people that this program is brought to you thanks to the support of the Barcelona Festival of Song, a summer program of Latin American and Iberian art song repertoire in Spanish, Portuguese and Catalan. It's also brought to you thanks to Mundo Arts Publications, that is a, a publisher that published Latin American art song and, a, and a Spanish art song, and also thanks to the support of the Center for Iberian and Latin American Music of the University of California, Riverside. So remember our next uh, episode will be next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune to it because you will have fun and learn a lot and the first Wednesday of the month you will meet again Lenine. <laughs> Entonces, okay. por ahora, le decimos adiós a la gente. No, en portugués. En portugués. Al ser adiós en portugués. Uh, chao. Nos vemos luego en otro programa. Beijo para todo el mundo. Ah, oh, beijo para todo el mundo. Ooh.